Happy summer to education community. We'd like to thank you for your loyal support of the first season of our podcast. In two weeks, Education Scholars Conversations will be taking a brief summer hiatus. The current season will end on a high note with a conversation between J. Elizabeth Clark from LaGuardia Community College and our own Kelly Driscoll. Be sure to catch part one of this amazing chat next Wednesday. We will return in the fall with brand new episodes featuring brilliant new guests, as well as a few favorites from past episodes. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Carol Bartholomew, principal of Polaris K-12 School. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You are about to hear part two of our conversation with Carol Bartholomew from Polaris K-12 School. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. And I had a question for you, Carol, because in many of the higher education institutions that we work with, they find that when students come there, that they have never had any kind of history with reflecting on their work. And many have just been... Mm -hmm kind of trained to look for the right answer, turn something in, get a grade back, it's done, move on to the next task. Um, So what are some ways that you teach the students about what reflection really is? And I imagine sometimes when you bring in new teachers there that they also may need some... um, kind of professional development about how they might integrate that into their classrooms as well. If it's not something that they were familiar with as part of their education program or part of their experience as a student. So how do you, how do you get people on board with that kind of process? Yeah. So it's, it's so embedded in who we are as a school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, I don't want to say it's a natural process, but it's a natural component of our philosophy here. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge key. Um, as a staff, I think it starts with us as a staff. We're constantly reflecting on the work that we're doing. Um, I am I am not a top down leader at all, and decisions are made with staff involved in the conversation. Like I was saying, when we moved to the electronic portfolio, it wasn't me saying, okay, have this great opportunity. We're going to move forward with this. Guess what? Let's go. Um, It was a, it was a slow rollout because it was about having the conversations with staff, having them participate. They created their own portfolios, um, Mm -hmm. really giving the time and space for that dialogue and conversation amongst ourselves. Um, So I think it starts with us as the educators. And Mm -hmm. if we, if I'm able to provide time and space and place for our staff to be reflective on the things that we're doing, whatever that is, whether it's portfolios or intensives or, we have this event coming up. If we're able to step back and reflect on it and have that conversation as staff, it naturally tends to then flow back onto the students. Um, and so that I think that it starts there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, 
again, different levels look differently. You know, our kindergarten is simply, you know, what was fun about this? What did you like about this? What, what did you learn? You know, very simple yeah. and eventually building up. And as new staff come in, um, you know, just bring them into those conversations. We have a mentorship type of a program within the school. So they'll be buddied with somebody to really mm-hmm. learn those ropes. We have documents that staff have created over time that are essential questions that we would ask to help get there. And so oh, sometimes wonderful. it starts as simply, here's my piece of paper with essential questions that I'm going to help my students with mm-hmm. to then it becoming just innate and natural because you've been doing it. Right. Uh, right. And I think it, I also need to say that it's not just when students are looking to add artifacts or reflections right. into portfolios. It's it's our program. It's how our teachers teach. It's what they yes. they talk about when you go and visit their classroom. They're asking those deeper level questions. Um, so it's it's part of part of who we are. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, I think. Well, you mentioned um, that it's not a that you're not a kind of top down leader within your institution. But I do think because you have this practice so embedded in how you do lead your community, um, that it has been something that your faculty have in turn um, embraced. And it's such a wonderful thing to hear that it's not only something that's kind of done at the completion of a project or at the moment that they put it into their portfolio, that it's really part of the conversation around learning and experience and creation within the classroom so that when they do come to the time where they want to include it within that e-portfolio and kind of narrative of who they are and, and what they're working on, having that reflection piece built in isn't, isn't seeming like an extra step. It's always been part of Mm -hmm. the process. Um, So what do the the faculty say? And I I know you were mentioning that you got input from them in the, in the beginning, and I'm sure you continue to have conversations about how the kinds of, the program may evolve or templates may change. How does that conversation kind of unfold? And and what are some things that, that faculty have brought to the table that kind of surprised you? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I had to think back to our most, you know, this most recent journey of, of moving into the e-portfolio realm. And we started with, our school mission and beliefs and really looked at them and started use that as that jumping off point. Okay. So Mm -hmm. these are the things that we believe. Do we still believe these things? Are these still still true to who we are and what we believe as a staff? Mm -hmm. And then how does that manifest itself within the school? And it moved into, you know, portion of that was the portfolios. Um, so then we took a jumping off point from there of, well, let's talk about portfolios. Why do we use them? What is the purpose? 
and we literally spent an entire year not every week, but you know, <laughs> the, the entire school year um, during staff meetings at least once a month, um, mm-hmm. really digging in and defining or redefining what did, what were portfolios to us? Mm-hmm. What, what were they? Why were we using them? Um, and I think one thing that stands out is the the underpinnings, the the main goal and purposes were, were always there. They've mm-hmm. been there. We've refined, we've enhanced, we've added to. Um, but it's always it's always been that same purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we weren't starting from scratch with anything. Right. Which, you know, thinking back that that was huge right we weren't starting from from scratch mm-hmm. um, we spent a lot of time just really branching out we we spent time talking about artifacts okay so we're putting artifacts in and you know I, i'm not in a class every day i'm not um for the entire period i go and visit classes every day but i'm not in an entire period to 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 really sit and and hear the entire process from beginning to end. And when we were talking about artifacts, it was something that that stood out to me that not everyone understood what it meant, what, what types of qualities we were looking for for a portfolio artifact, what was important mm-hmm. to add, why, what made something worthy of being in the portfolio um, and how we guided kids to those pieces and those reflections. And that was a, I think that was a real aha moment for me that um, to hear that, that folks were in different places with that. So we spent the next full year (laughs) literally talking about (laughs) What is a quality artifact? Mm-hmm. What? Why is this something that we would want to add to our portfolio? Um, and how do we ask questions? And that's where we started developing that that list of questions, if you will, of things that we can ask students to help them with their reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that that took a year um, to to work to work through that process. And then, of course, you know the whole electronic piece was a whole other story but again it was you know what did we want to put in these portfolios what were the things that were important to us that we want our students to be able to to show and 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 highlight of themselves and it was very clear that we all believed in showcasing the whole child and Mm -hmm. that it was their academics their social their you know emotional their physical all of those pieces and so that we all we all realized we had very similar underpinnings and philosophies, which is why they're at Polaris to begin with, because we are the alternative philosophy. Um, But really giving, giving that time and space for that dialogue again, to get everybody on the same page and to have that same conversation, but still recognizing that everyone was at different learning levels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you saw that with some of our staff when you had visited, you know, yes, some yes. were zooming way out here and some were, how do I log in? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so just, you know, honoring, honoring that and continuing to scaffold staff um, as well. Absolutely. And I'm not I sure if that you're... answered your question. Cause oh, I feel like no, <laughs> it definitely does. It definitely does. And, and I love the, the spirit of the collaboration that you have uh, amongst your faculty and celebrating and supporting and providing that scaffolding so that they can uh, kind of add their own voice to what they want to accomplish and then get the support that they need to move that forward, whether it's the technical support, you know, the how to, where do I log in, you know, how do I adjust the template, whatever. Um, but more importantly, kind of looking at what they teach and what their students are creating and, uh, kind of making that determination about, you know, what is the quality artifact in this context, right? Um, because it's a, portfolio, it doesn't always mean a kind of finished product or that the student got it all right, right? So a quality kind of artifact in this context can can really vary. And it sounds like the um, faculty also, despite the fact that you've got this kind of um, template defined and some specific kinds of things that you're looking for that they can make some determinations within their own group of students about what might best represent what the students are learning at that time. You know, you're not saying everyone must Mm -hmm. add this particular piece necessarily. And it may be different for different kinds of uh, portfolios that students are creating too. I peeked at your um, e-portfolio directory uh, before our conversation today, and you can see all of the different ways they're using it. Uh, You know, you can see the advisory uh, e-portfolios. There were some that were for writing. I think I saw Comp 1 and Comp 2 and um, I think I saw maybe even a scholarship kind of portfolio. So mm-hmm. it, it's a, um, you can see that they're, they're, they're really being used at different levels and that there's been a lot of intentional decision-making about the kind of different directions that, that can go. And, um, it's wonderful to hear how you have the the faculty there really contributing to that kind of evolution and that you've got all of that kind of mentorship and support built in place to, to help them all get there. Um, and I know from our early conversations, you know, that collaboration has been true in our relationship with you and the teachers there and the Polaris community. Um, You know, we got so many wonderful ideas about how we could um, continue kind of Digication's evolution to best address and support the needs of K-12. 
um, because our background had been in higher education, um, it was things not only about the UI, um, but, you know, different ways that it might just get presented at, from a login standpoint. So I, it's been so much fun. And um, I imagine it will continue to be as you keep kind of expanding in, in different ways. So we've talked a lot about the kind of faculty perspective. I would love to hear a little bit about some of what you hear from students as they um, are kind of partaking in this process. And I imagine that may vary a little bit depending on uh, what grade level they're in and, and how they're using the portfolio. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it definitely runs the gamut, right? We have students that are so very invested in it and can see the value and, um, you know, truth be told, we have students, okay, oh, I got to work on a portfolio, <laughs> right? That's, that's life. Right? It is. We're not, we're not getting it away is. from that, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but we, we do our best to really help students see the value in it. And, we have brought back alumni to share, um, you know, how it's helped support them, how working through that portfolio helped them as they moved into college or career. Um, you know, I know my own daughter, she, we were just kind of starting to, to look at that e-portfolio, so she missed it, but then she gets to, um, she attend the college that she attended, she's like, Okay, so we have to put together a digication portfolio. <laughs> like, <"All> right. <laughs> and then she was able to come back and speak to how she used that, that that was a requirement at her university. Um, and so um, our students, you know, our, our, our elementary students, they just have, they have fun with it. For mm -hmm. them, it's, it's fun. Um, as they, particularly as they move into fourth and fifth grade, they're starting to be able to a little more clearly see their learning over time. Um, but I've heard even a, a third grader um, in the past year um, when we were still back in school <laughs> yeah, uh, make a comment um, about they were adding to their portfolio as a third grader and there was a second grade piece of writing there. And they were shocked that that was how they wrote. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even have all my periods at the end of sentences. <laughs> and just the, those little revelations, um, yes. they're, they're, you know, when they start with us at, in our elementary school and continue into high school, those are the students that really have it as part of who they are and are ready to add and see the value in it. Um, when they come to us later in, in their late middle school years or the early high school years, it, it takes time. It's, yeah. It's yeah. not something they're familiar with doing. And so, um, you know, really bringing them into the culture of our school. Um, but, but we have students who they're just so proud that they, they go above and beyond what they're, what they're putting in. Um, I, I think one thing that has an, has an impact on that. Um, and it's something we haven't talked about, but I feel like this is like a really good place to put it in is we um, have student led conferences here. And oh, wow. so it's not your traditional 
parent-teacher conference. Um, it's not what you would think of as a student-led conference. Um, I know some other schools who use student-led conferences, but it's not in the same capacity. Every one of our students has the opportunity to spend between 30 and 45 minutes, depending on the, the teacher and how many are in the, the class, to come in, meet with their parent, their advisor mm -hmm. or their teacher, and sit down and have a conversation about their learning and their growth over the course of whether it's the semester or the year. We hold them twice a year, one in at the end of first semester and, and the end of second semester. And one of the things that has really shifted for our students that our staff have noticed um, very predominantly is students now when they come in and they come in with their family to share their portfolio, because it's electronic, we're displaying it up on a screen. Right. And it's no longer looking at a piece of work and the student reading from the piece of work what uh, what the paper was. Mm -hmm. It's now a conversation. Um, yes, that work sample, that artifact is embedded in there in whatever format, PDF, Google Docs, whatever. Mm -hmm. But by displaying it, you're not you're not really reading the artifact. Right. You're having a conversation about the challenges and the learning and the growth that happened about why that artifact is there. And that's happening in our primary grades as well. Um, students are putting video clips in there of, of their reading and yes. you know playing the short video clip and then being able to talk to their parent about it um yeah. students who have per who have had a chance to participate in a student-led conference and i say that because if you're a new student you haven't done that yet right um but for our students who have participated in the student-led conferences they they see that comp that piece because that's that's what every student has their portfolio for is to right. showcase that over over that time and to be able to sit down with an audience that they care about mm -hmm. and knowing that the full attention is on them it's really that time to celebrate and not everything's gone well and students put pieces in their portfolios that are errors that they made mm -hmm. because they want to talk about their errors and how they over overcame them. Um, you know, I remember a student who um, talked about that he, an elementary student, a fourth grader who um, put a piece in his portfolio and that, that he would choose a piece for his portfolio that some, that he worked with someone on and that he struggled with rather than something that he got a good quote grade on because mm -hmm. it was more meaningful to him to show that he could work together with someone and struggle through it. Now, this is a fourth grader who's able yeah. to articulate this. That's where he's able um, to see he's really learning and growing. It was mm -hmm. through the areas where he struggled. Gosh, I love that. Yeah. Fourth grade. So, and like that's eight the, or nine you know, years So that's old. really, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so that's where we really start seeing our students get with that buy-in because yeah. they have 
that authentic audience that's important to them. And then, you know, that slowly transfers into um, I'm applying to college and mm-hmm. I'm creating my portfolio that I'm sending out or the scholarship portfolio that you um I don't know which one you looked at, but we've got a couple of different scholarship opportunities within our school that they create an electronic portfolio. And um, so it, it definitely, um, it shifts for them that it's not, yes, they might, you know, more my guy work, I got to put something in my portfolio, <laughs> but it's that conversation that staff have that this is why, remember, this is, this is the purpose. Um, that that really kind of solidifies that buy-in, if you will, um, mm-hmm. because we have we typically have about ninety-eight percent of our parents participate in the student-led conferences, um, and any parents that aren't able to for one reason or another, we have staff. We ask the students to select staff members that they would like to present to. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I think that's. That's where the, the the students sit with it. They're they're tech savvy, and um, we allow them. While we have that guideline and and perhaps that template, we also allow the students to have some flexibility to be creative with how the, how they're showcasing it, um, making it their own, adding their own backgrounds, you know, adding images, um, pictures, photos, and really. It is another component that when you when you're allowing the students to have that that personalization to it, that they yeah. take the ownership of it. Um, so. I'm I'm just imagining how empowering it must feel for the student to be able to make choices about what they want to share about their experience, which is so different from every parent-teacher conference that I've been in, many where the student's not even invited, right? It's just the teacher connecting with us and they've put everything into a folder and, you know, they're just kind of pointing out where there's problems and where there's successes and if they're meeting their grade level standards, right? Um, So this kind of conversation that you're having with the students and their parents and their teacher there where they get to lead that conversation and make choices about what they want to share, I think is just huge. And that you've made it, uh, you've purposely celebrated the, the struggles that the students have had. Um, that it is not always about, you know, getting a a good grade. It's not about getting a good grade. It's their, it's their experience, their struggle, their growth, their learning, and um, tying that back to the whole person too. So they might be sharing artifacts, but I'm sure they also sometimes pull up things that they're doing in the community that might be relevant or part of their extracurriculars that might be relevant or even things that they do within their own families that might be relevant that they've incorporated in there. Um, and that really, th- thank jumps, you for sharing that with, a, yeah. And, and that really jumps off on another piece of it is that goal setting, 
And Mm -hmm. that becomes a part of that conversation and becomes embedded within their portfolio as well as, you know, this is where I am now. So where do I want to be, um, the short-term goals, where do I want to be at the end of the semester? And what about when I graduate, where do I want to be? Um, and, and again, being able to have that time and space with their parent and their teacher there, um, really, I know I keep saying conversation and dialogue, but it, really makes it more real, I guess, for the students. Um, yeah. They're, they're talking about what their goals are. And now you've got a parent that's sitting there supporting their student with that goal. You've got a teacher yeah. helping to scaffold and facilitate that conversation and help them support them with that. So it, it's a, it's a whole system of support that it creates for the student as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that the parents are just blown away by what their children have done. (laughs) Um, That's why we have good attendance. Yeah, I imagine so. They, They know there's good stuff happening over there. So um, I wanted to just kind of close out our conversation today with asking you uh, something similar along the lines of what you ask your students there with their goal setting. We've heard a lot about uh, how this program started and how you have been using it up to today. Um, But where do you want to take the um, Polaris ePortfolios next? Yeah, so really our our shorter term goals is to really think about how we can help capture those six C's of 21st century learning within the portfolios. And so again, it's been we've been adding one a year. Um, this year got a little a little wonky um, because of being <laughs> uh, online for so year. long. Um, <laughs> and so we're, we're, we, we were, we're a year off um, with that, but, you know, next year we'll be um, implementing our third C. And so we've got three more to go. So we were talking, um, I've already let staff know that we'll be having conversations around our portfolios next year. Coming back to you, how do we want kids to showcase these um, these yeah. skills um, so that it's not just a checklist of of pieces. Um, mm-hmm. You know we've we've been starting to expand. Um, you know we've got our scholarship portfolios, and we really want to um, expand that a little bit. An idea we've been tossing around that I I hope now with us back in person, and I'm hoping still for next year that we we want to talk about doing maybe something a little bit different for our seniors and um, expanding the audience for the seniors and, and having them synthesize their learning in a little Mm -hmm. bit different way as, um, as a senior portfolio type of a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going to be having some conversation about, about that. Um, You know, the idea would be to, you know, bring in, someone from a college or someone from the work field that they're interested in Excellent. to see their portfolio, but having it look different than the artifacts that they've been um, um, 
creating and and reflections right. that they've been doing having a little bit different focus so that's another step and layer that we're we're looking at um moving to that's fantastic um, as yeah we, having them kind of think continue. through how they're going to present who they are to the the outside mm-hmm. world now yeah well, Carol, thank you so much for your time today. It was excellent to have a chance to learn more about you and Polaris and the ePortfolio program there. And I think our community will just be so inspired by what you are all doing. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And I want to just put a little plug shout out. Um, I have uh, myself and a couple of my staff, we have written a journal article for ABLE, which is the Association for Authentic Experiential Evidence-Based Learning. And um, our journal article is called The Journey Portfolio because what we talk about, step back at Polaris, kind of our motto is it's the journey. So um, the journey portfolio, one K-12 schools approach to designing um, creative and authentic, empowered, student-centered reflection um, in e-portfolios. So that is in final production. So should be coming out hopefully in April um, on the ABLE um, journal. So keep an eye out for that. Um, you know that I think that's one thing that we that you know Kelly, you and I were talking about a little bit was there's not a lot out there from a, a K-12 school perspective. Um, yes. and using, and using portfolios and so in needed. general. And so yeah. we, we felt like we were kind of writing the story as we were going along because there weren't resources out there. We were using resources that were being used in college and university settings. Um, but how does that translate into a K-12 school setting? Um, yeah. so we've, we've been, we've been working on our own journey and yeah. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, it's been exciting. Yeah. Well, we have loved our, our small part in that journey too. It has definitely been exciting and I can't, I, you know, I'm thrilled to see what happens next and looking forward to that article so that I can pass it on to everyone I know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to, and, and you, ha- you guys have a, you know, you have a, sh- not a shout out, but you're, you know, we talk about digication there because the reality is without using digication as our platform, this would not, we would not have, would not be in the place that we are today at all. Um, and so, you know, I, I greatly appreciate your support and, and working with us and, you know, still thinking back to the original format of it. <laughs> and, and then when, when it switched over, like, Whoa, wow, look, I can do this. Um, <laughs> it's just, it has just been phenomenal. It, it, we, you know, we needed the platform, we needed that technology and you have provided that for us to allow us to continue our journey with portfolios and student led conferences. So, um, Thank you. Well, we we have uh, been so grateful to be able to work with you to learn uh, the the different kinds of needs that you have had. I mean, you've helped us move move forward as well. So thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I always love talking about our school. I'm very proud of us, as you should be. As you should. Be. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. 
Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Amanda Driscoll. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for watching.